Hello there, this is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com, and this is the first original MP3 that goes up to SoundCloud, where I will be doing audio. I'm moving away from the soul's journey on that uh, Contact Talk radio. That is ending at the end of August, and SoundCloud here will be the place to get new, regular audio from me. Essentially, I'm beginning a new podcast, but in this... Uh, in this uh, unique format here on SoundCloud. So this MP3 is an introduction to the Centaur and Asteroid live video class that begins Tuesday, August 4th. There are people who are doing it live and there are people who are getting the videos later, people who are in other time zones or other parts of the world. So you have that option, but but the the this class is gonna cover 11 archetypes, really 10 archetypes, two sides of one of them, uh, that I use in my practice that enrich and deepen all the stories in a chart. There's nothing wrong with not using these bodies, but when you learn about them, you realize that they are threads of the human psyche. They are threads of archetypal experience that each person is living. And for me, the, the main asteroid goddesses, as an example, uh, Ceres, Juno, Vesta, Pallas, Athene, those four are included in this class. My chart comes alive as one example when using those archetypes. I have Ceres in the first. I have um, uh, Vesta with my Saturn, uh, conjunct my Saturn. I have Juno right on my sun, about 20 or 40 minutes, you know, within a degree of my sun. And I have a palace Athene with Venus right on my ascendant and by extension with Pluto. So for me, they make a ton of sense. They actually explain me, especially palace on the ascendant, Juno on the sun, um, Ceres in the first. Those three things are secret keys to understanding why I do what I do in general. And so I use these archetypes, and even when people say, when are you going to stop? That's a lot of stuff to put in a chart. I say, well, you don't have to use them, but realize that it may answer a story. And so these are not the only ones I've explored. I've explored probably an additional dozen or so over the years, different asteroids. And, and even right now, I'm playing with Pholus, a centaur that's not included in this class, because I'm researching it. I'm learning about what it may mean. Um, what I've read about it with other people, with all of these, doesn't always make sense. And so I always study from an experiential perspective and using it in a bunch of charts. So uh, what I'm going to get into here is the difference between myth and archetype, which is covered in my book, Living Myth. Um but I'm going to give you an overview, and audio gets through to people in a unique way, and I, and I wanted to do a first original post for SoundCloud and start sending people there because the, the soul's journey is ending soon. I want to get you uh, primed for it. And this is an intro for the people taking the class, but also for everybody, so you can hear about the kind of approach that's going to be uh, undertaken, and you can sign up for the class if you're interested in this. I think, that, I think you will be because it's... Um, it's really a fascinating perspective. Let me let me say that. I always um, I always pause when people who are being interviewed say to the interviewer, "Oh, well, that's a very interesting question." I always think that that's kind of um, that they should not do that. So I just said this is a fascinating perspective. So let me just apologize right now for having done that. 
<laughs> um, I want to give you a list of the asteroids and centaurs that I'm gonna gonna work with. There are actually eight asteroids, one point, and two centaurs. Um, the asteroids, and, and two of these are classified as dwarf planets, so you'll forgive me, but astrologically we, we still call them asteroids. So we have Ceres, Persephone, that's week one. Week two is Pallas, Athene, and Juno. Week three is Vesta and Lucifer. Week four is Eros, E-R-O-S, about creative passion. The asteroid Lilith which is uh, different from the true Black Moon Lilith. Arjun Suri, those three on week three. And then week five are the two centaurs in this mix, Chiron and Nessus. I was actually incorrect. It's not a point. I'm not doing true Black Moon Lilith here. It's only the asteroid Lilith and these other asteroids. So that's the five-week schedule. Each week you're going to get a handout, a one a one-sheet, which contains notes on the, the difference between the myth and archetype of these two bodies, and also keyword lists for each body in each house and sign. So this five-week course, you're getting so much more out of it because you're going to be able to study charts archetype by archetype. And you're going to say, I'm going to take these 10 charts of people I know or my clients and myself and my family members, people I know well, and I'm going to see how this plays in their lives given these sets of keywords. And so I'm giving you the seeds to really understand these processes. So I'm, I'm super excited about this, about this class. And you are going to love it. If you have Astrology Basics and you kind of understand, um, you know, how to piece together stories and charts such as, oh, here's a house, a sign, oh, that square may mean this. You know, not to be an expert, but to be in that kind of, you know, intermediate place where you can form astrological sentences, then this this course will be fantastic for you. And you want to add to your repertory of understanding human dynamics. So we jump into the difference between, oh, sorry, one more thing, one more thing. I'm a professional self-interrupter, by the way. Um, one more thing, for several weeks I've been doing Astrid and Centaur reports in my blog. Almost every Friday morning for the last month or so, maybe a little more, I've, I've written uh, you know a few hundred, couple thousand words on these bodies in the sky. You can get a sense of what that looks like and how to form some sentences. But what I'm going to do in the class is give you the building blocks to create your own sentences in, in your own practice. So myth is for social instruction. Mythology is a body of teachings that is sometimes unique to, to a particular culture, sometimes shared between cultures, and as we see with lots of different myths that we may, we may approach or work with, even some of, the, some of those that we're working with here, different cultures have different things to say about that uh, figure or that deity. And sometimes you have to sort through myths, which is where looking at archetype, how humans actually experience it, comes in. Because myth, as a tool of social instruction, is a culture's way of instructing its members about how to behave and how not to behave. Myths celebrate what the culture values and vilifies what the culture wants to steer you away from.
That's it. But then you've been drawn to certain stories. You you felt, well, even without your astrology chart, you have felt that this makes sense to you. I'm curious about that story. I love this. I love this. Um, you know, thing that happens in the story. I really resonate with that story. That is your you tapping into an archetypal experience. So myth is how you are supposed to be. How the culture says you are supposed to be. Religions create mythologies. Uh, social groups create mythologies, political parties, um, governments, people who, who run things, uh, revolutionary factions create mythologies. Wherever there's a group, oh, and also the identity that comes from being, um, you know, educated at this institution or working for this institution or something like that. Corporations have mythologies, too. It comes out in marketing. Every group creates a mythology, and then it tells its people how to behave through telling these stories. But if you, if you listen, if you, for example, follow the, the myth of Juno, if you get into the story of Juno, she is the um, cheated-on wife of Jupiter, these are the Roman names, of course, and the, the Greek names Hera and Zeus, respectively. It looks like it's about bitchy catfighting, because she gets re she seeks revenge or takes revenge on the off on the illegitimate offspring, of whom there are many, of her of her cheating husband. So then you read an astrology text and it says, oh, Juno's about who you marry. That's That doesn't work. So then you're thinking, well, hmm, maybe you're somebody who doesn't even marry. So what does Juno mean in your chart? Maybe you're somebody who's known since you were six years old, you never get married. Maybe you've been married three times and you're like, okay, got it, no more. You know, Or maybe you've wanted to, but it doesn't work. Well, what do you do with Juno in your chart? Or maybe you're married and you don't like it. You know... It, or, 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 or you've been married for a long time and realize you need to not be married. So what do we do with the mythology of Juno? She's cheated on, and she's a catty bitch, and she's terrible, and she... Okay, so anyway, so that mythology is the story that we read, even from multiple sources, the stories that we read. The archetype is what we actually experience and what process is always seeking to unfold through our living? You are, in fact, creating the stories of these mythological figures in your own unique way. For example, with Juno, if you were cheated on, how did you respond? If you didn't do what the myth tells, then you negotiated internally, you evaluated, you reflected upon, you know, elements of what add up to the archetypal experience, and you are not just tapped into the collective 
but you are also contributing to it. You're not just, you know, a node on a network receiving information. Oh my God, that happened to me. <laughs> oh my God, no. look at no, it's true. It works. Mythology works. Um, it's not that. It's it's that you are also feeding back energy to the collective awareness. This collective unconscious, right? We get a lot of the stuff about archetype from Jung, who, uh, or most people say Jung. Um, we should just call him Carl. From our friend Carl. I think that's what I'll do during this class. Um, and also the, the image of the collective unconscious. And it's like this data bank, species-wide, that's just floating around out there. And these archetypes connect us to the collective. So we're living the story. We're challenged to find a unique way to, to solve the dilemmas. And then we're also thereby unwittingly contributing to the collective's evolution of living that archetype. And it comes out in a very direct way in situations, uh, you know, years later, you meet somebody who experienced something that happened to you 20 years ago. And that person's like, ah, there's my dilemma. What am I going to do? And you say, oh, well, you have different options. I speak from experience. Because you negotiated how you were going to respond. And you may have done what the myth said. You may have done that. But that's part of learning to individuate and to invest in your own, what I would think of, what I do call your divine capacity to make choices, which is what you're here to learn how to do. So we all encounter myths. This is what it looks like. This is, and then the archetype, what it's really about. In Living Myth, I, I go through a, just as another example, an asteroid that I don't use in astrology, but I'm piqued by the story. And it's of uh, Ariadne, who's on Minos, the Isle of Minos, which, has, which we know from the, Mino, the Minotaur, right? The Minotaur who is this uh, monster, this man with a bull head, who lives in this maze, and the king, to feed the monster, who is his son, um, puts captives in there. <laughs> and Ariadne is um, there. She's the daughter of the king. She can never leave. And um, a hero comes... Theseus comes. Well, this is how he, I think, how he creates his uh, his he heroic identity. And um, he's sent as a sacrifice with, you know, 11 or 12 other youths to Minos to satisfy this god, you know, to satisfy, to satisfy this Minotaur. So they get popped in the maze, and every year it's like a tribute, every year, 12 years you know, young men get sent. So Ariadne takes a liking to him, and he to her, and she helps him escape. She helps him figure out how to escape. And then he is enamored with her because she saved his life, and he feels wonderful. He kills the Minotaur, and he, and he you know, he's going to leave, and he's like, come with me. 
I will take you out of here. It's like part of their deal. I'll help you if you help me get out of here because she's trapped and her father is the king and she can't get away. And a few days later, she wakes up on a deserted island, meaning he took her away and then he left her on an island and she woke up and she's stranded. So Ariadne looks to be this victim, but the thing is, she fully consciously co-created these dynamics. She agreed to go with him. Like, you know, Theseus, this hero, it doesn't, you know, just because you're somebody who has some bravery doesn't mean you have character. It doesn't mean you are grounded and you're going to follow through on your commitments. It doesn't mean he actually made a commitment either. He basically said, yeah, I'll help you get out of here if you help me get out, you know, get out of this maze and survive. So he looks like a bad guy because the, a man used a woman and then dumped her. And that's what the myth seems to say. But the archetype is everybody makes choices. And every choice we make leads us into a space of needing to learn the consequences of making choices. So when we work with myth on any of these stories, we tend to be disempowered. And when we make peace with the fact that this is culture telling us, one culture or another telling us how we should and shouldn't behave, then we can see the archetypal thread and learn to trust that we can make choices and that our choices are leading us to a state of having learned more about having made choices. So the, the, the exploring in general the difference between myth and archetype, from my, my intention with this, is to inspire you to trust the choices you've made, to trust the doubts that you've had about what choices should be made, to really see that you're not a pawn of destiny and that things are not happening to you, but stories from the collective unconscious are unfolding within you as we speak. So you can see what your options are, realizing that approaching things archetypally means you have choices. Realizing that the myth, even if that story is stuck in your head, like Lilith, she's the mother of all demons, right? I've gotten that so many times over the last 10 years, focusing on Lilith. My Lilith book is so popular because people need to know there's more than this, uh, you know, dangerous revenge demon inside them on this uh, archetypal frequency, the, in this archetypal thread that's always unfolding. People need to know that. So the difference between myth and archetype, of course, is central to my book, Living Myth, Exploring Archetypal Journeys, and also the Lilith book, and also the Chiron book. And I'm always thinking that way, because if you listen to... If you listen to the story, you're disempowered. If you believe what culture tells you, then you're going to want to shame yourself for naturally being who you are. With Nessus, we're going to get into Nessus in week five, the centaur. This, the story is that he, uh, he rapes Heracles' wife. It could just be a sexual advance like pawing or 
licking or something. It might not be an actual rape, but the idea of a violation is in the myth, the story. And different myths will phrase things different ways and different translations, you know, commit things different ways. But the idea is that he behaves inappropriately sexually. And if you look at, the, and then Heracles kills him. And then there's more to the story we'll get into in the class. But but if you look at that, ooh, Nessus in my chart. Man, I, I, I don't want to behave inappropriately sexually. Well, the reality is that you're an animal. You're not a computer mind who can control everything in your life. I'm not saying you can't control anything, but there's a way to learn about healthy sexuality through Nessus' story, through Nessus's story that we haven't yet discerned, but I'm going to tell you in class for probably the first time. I, can't, I have my, my list for the last year and a half to do a Nessus show. <laughs> and I haven't, uh, you know, for, for the podcast. And so this is going to be served through this class, you know, in week five with Chiron. So again, to recap, myth is, is social instruction. Archetype is how you really live. Myth is an inherited story that's telling you who you should and shouldn't be. An archetype is who you really are and what you're exploring. If we stick with myth, we're stagnant and we shame ourselves and we doubt ourselves. We don't make the right choices because we're afraid of making the wrong ones. If we come at it from the archetypal perspective, which we'll do for each of these 11 stories, then you can see what your choices are. And you can see how to make better choices given the dilemma that's in each story. With Nessus, what do I do with this desire? Uh, with Persephone, I want to grow up, but I don't think I can. Should I submit to the tall, dark stranger? With Ceres, I define myself because of who my daughter is. Can I grow out of that? I define myself because of what I do for others. Is that okay? Is that right? And the exploration of this, evaluating choices, looking at your feelings, your thoughts, your your resistance, your you know, and your history and your memories come up about why you might not do this or do that. All of that stuff with Lucifer. Should I should I speak truth to to uh, misguided power? Should I stay remain? Should should I commit to my light? in the face of the gathering cloud of, of grayness of the, of the group mind that's not clear, grounded, open, and loving. It'll, it'll make sense when we get into the course, when, I, when we work on that in, week, in uh, week number three. Okay, and just to recap, the order of the, the last thing I'll do here is the order of the archetypes. Ceres and Persephone, right? Mother and daughter, week one. Week two, Pallas, Athene, and Juno, these feminine archetypes that have really been messed up and need to be cleared up. Week three is Vesta and Lucifer. That's all about service. Uh, Eros, Lilith, and Arjun Suri. Week four, it's about your instincts, your passions, your drives. And then week five, Chiron and Nessus, you know, grouped together because of these centaurs and how to deal with, how to deal with being different and how to deal with our animal natures, how to deal with complexity. So thanks for your time and attention. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com, and SoundCloud is my new home for audio, beginning now and exclusively uh, starting at the end of August. The last show on Contact Talk Radio of the Soul's Journey in this incarnation, or its present incarnation, it's been there for almost three years, uh, will be 
August 26th. So thanks for your time and energy, and I'm really looking forward to, to getting you some uh, new audio. And uh, I'm going to do another uh, audio thing here that's brief, uh, who knows, uh, <laughs> that's intended to be brief, uh, to explain the new format and uh, explain why I'm moving away from something that, that's gained so many podcast subscribers and so much great feedback over almost three years with a Contact Talk Radio and the Soul's Journey. So... Thanks. Keep in touch. The the uh, live video class, which you can also get recorded later, begins Tuesday, August 4th. goes for five Tuesdays, 6.30 p.m. Pacific for one hour. Be in touch, and I'm looking forward to doing the class with you. Bye-bye.